it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 493 for June 26, 2017. And I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This week, our guest is Kelly Gumont. I'm going to get it right, Kelly. <laughs> Kelly Gumont. <laughs> Kelly, if you haven't met her, I don't know how that could have happened if you haven't seen her on the internet because she's everywhere. She is a contributing editor to the Mac Observer and also a volunteer at App Camp for Girls. That's a program that introduces iOS programming to girls in grades seven to nine. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Thanks so much for having me on, Allison. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So you've been on a lot of shows lately and you keep <laughs> teasing one little thing that I just really want to dive into and learn more about. And okay. it's specifically about App Camp for Girls and how you talk to them about all the different pieces of programming that it's not just all about coding. But mm-hmm. that's so that's kind of why I wanted to get Kelly on the show, because I thought that was a really intriguing idea. But we want to back up and figure out, like, how did Kelly get here? How did I mean, you got a Ph.D. in computer programming. Is that where you started or did you go a different path? Uh, I went. I I, I don't know what you call the opposite of that, but that would be my path. Um, (laughs) I don't have a college degree. Um, I just always loved computers. Um, My mom was a grade school teacher and the teacher who had the classroom next door to my mom's classroom was a third grade teacher. My mom taught second grade for many years. And That's a tough job. Oh, oh yeah. Seven-year-olds can't stand him. Sorry. <laughs> so I feel like that's about my sweet spot, though, because then I'm the tallest. <laughs> so it's obvious I'm in charge. Beyond that, I can't say for sure. Can't compete. So, <laughs> yeah. like Yeah. How am I going to boss around like high schoolers? So um, so the, the teacher in the room next door to my mom's room ha- uh, bought with her own money an Apple IIe. It was a long time ago, everybody. Um, she bought an Apple IIe with her own money and brought it in. And asked my mom if she could borrow me to help her set it up so that I could crawl under the desk oh. and get things plugged in and stuff. Cause so your I was, small stature was handy. Yeah, I'm like a third. Yeah, I was like actually a third grader. And so it was way easier for me to get under the desk than her because she was like she was a very tall woman. Like, I don't know if she was six feet, but it wouldn't surprise me at all to find out she was like a six, like six or six foot, six, two, something like that. She was very tall. And I'm not just saying that because I remember everybody being tall when I was a kid. Like she was taller than a lot of the male teachers in the school. So um, she had me come help her with it. And then she asked, she said, uh, I have this disc, five and a quarter inch, everybody. Uh, I have this disc that I can play games that that has some games on it. Would you like to play a game? Like, thank you very much for helping me. Would you like to play a game? And <laughs> Wait, so I said, okay. I think that was from a movie called 2001. <laughs> Do you want to play a game? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a little... Uh, um, yeah, the game was thermonuclear war. No. Um, <laughs> so uh, the thing that w- about it that was really funny at the time was um, like this was a screen that was all just shades of green and it wasn't like it was video or anything. So it was, you know, like it was only a game in like the loosest possible <laughs> terms, <laughs> but it was so much fun. And I sat down in front of Oregon Trail and I loved it. And then. She bought Logo later uh, where you could boss the pen around. She had Logo for the Apple IIe. And so I would play I would play stuff with that. And I learned some basic programming stuff from Logo, like how to string things together. And um, oh, I want to keep going down that thread. But Steve yeah. just walked in and corrected me. It was war games. And I think that's why you said thermonuclear war. So, yeah, yeah sorry I, about I, that. I, 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 I want, you know, the emails. It would have just been awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So back I to, back say, to Logo. I look forward to your letters. That's <laughs> yeah, what I say. So back um, to, to, it's called Logo? Yeah. 
with the turtle. So like um, the example that they give is that you can chain commands together. So there's uh, it's this they called it a turtle. They said they said it was a turtle. It was a little triangle on the screen <laughs> and you would boss him around and there was pen up and pen down and you could make him draw stuff. Oh. And so you learned things like forward 50, right 90, repeat four, and he would draw a square. And you, know, you would learn forward is, one, right one, repeat 360, and now he draws a circle. This actually reminds me of, uh, very much of when I was a little girl. My dad took him in, me into his office to show me this giant pen plotter they had just gotten where we programmed <gasps> it to draw a T. And that it was essentially easy. the same thing. You know, go forward, yeah. go forward, go back, go right. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. It was exactly that. And you could do it on the screen. And you could teach him to do stuff. And then, of course, you could go, you know... um, like if he was still straight up and down, you could draw the circle and then you could go, um, you know, right 45 and draw another circle and you could sort of, you know, spirograph your way around the screen oh, and nice. do all kinds of stuff. It was really it was a lot of fun. And I think for me, the appeal in the Apple IIe and the green screen and that ginormous keyboard, <laughs> like I honestly, that's what hardwired me to loud keyboards like those big, the, the big Clicky. clacky keyboards like oh. this Matthias one that sits on my desk right now. Um, and Great this for is podcasting. The, yeah, um, <laughs> that's why I use the quiet one um, for the most part is because at least on that one, I can actually type on the on the the full on cherry switch one. Um, I can't use it when I'm recording anything at all. There's yeah, just otherwise, no you have to pay attention to the other person, the people on the call. And <laughs> that's not going to happen, right? <laughs> like, whatever. So um the thi- I think I'm hardwired for that sound and I feel like I'm getting more done when my ke- when my keyboard is really loud. I think that's a, a big part of it. Yeah, you know, the new MacBook started Pro keyboards are loud, but not loud in a satisfying way. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, that's part not, of why I, I haven't cared about. about upgrading. Yeah. <laughs> um, when I was a kid, I think the appeal of it was that I was the boss of it. And, you know, yeah. when you're when you're eight, nine, ten years old, you are. not It's never up to you. Like your time is not up to you. Your, your schedule is not up to you. What you eat for dinner. Um, right, you know, right, whether right. or not you get your homework done, like you basically get to make, maybe you get to decide what you wear and that's like the big decision you make each but day. But within a maybe. certain definition of what you get to wear. Yeah. <laughs> like what you get to wear because it's a school day, you know, or because yeah. we're going to church or whatever. So yeah. there, there, there's very little that I got to be like the supreme ruler of. And I think for me, that was what was so great about the computer. And it's part of what I loved about HyperCard when HyperCard became a thing that you could use on a Mac. Um, I learned about basic programs and I learned about, um, you know, there was a program called or a magazine called Enter Magazine. And it was a magazine that came in the mail on paper and everything. And and it was mail that came to me every month, which was just terribly exciting. And they had basic programs in the back. And I found one that was like a choose your own adventure book. But you typed all the code into the computer and then it would spit these things out at you and it would ask you which choice you want to make. And depending which choice you made, it would give you, you know, a different Here's here's what happened since you went down that dark, ominous hallway. You know, you got to the end and there's a monster there. And what do you do? And like, you know, and then depending what happened, you went to this next thing to this next thing. And so um, I remember that I I took that and I made it about the school. Oh, you actually modified it? Yeah, about the elementary school. So (laughs) I took all the code and then like um, my mom let me make 
uh, my mom made copies of it for me on the on the copy machine at uh, at the school. So I had these pages so I could go in and modify them without screwing up my magazine where the real where the real programming came from. And I could go in and write like uh, now you're in Mrs. Sharp's room or now you're in the library and Mr. Aldridge is really mad because you're not supposed to be there. You know, and I could like put people from <laughs> school in it. And, you know, now you're in the, like, you know, you've gone all the way to the front of the school. Now you're in the cafeteria, you know, or whatever. And. And so I made it this little game about the school so that it was it felt like there were stakes. Yeah. You know, it yeah. wasn't now, like were you sharing this with cave. anybody at that age or is this all just for your own little weird entertainment? <laughs> um, a little of both, because the only people I was really sharing it with were people at school. You know, like I showed uh, I showed the teacher whose computer it was like, hey, here's what it uh, you know, here's the thing I made it do. And my mom thought it was great. And then they had a couple that they put on carts. And so I would build worksheets for my mom um, oh. on, because they, they bought some educational software for these Apple IIEs. And so... <laughs> Wait, I, and how old are you at this point? Um, at this point, I'm probably like 10. <laughs> and so it was the best thing because the librarian made these carts so they smelled like um, uh, wood finish. Oh, nice. And and fresh cut wood. So for like, which is a weird thing to associate with computers, like yeah. the smell of, of freshly varnished wood. But that... but. In my brain, they go together because they went on these carts because teachers could check them out and wheel them down to their room and plug it in. And because we didn't have Internet or anything, there was like no real concept of a network of computers at that point in sure, rural sure. eastern Oregon in the 80s. So so it didn't matter. Like literally all you had to do was give it power, plug it in. And so you could wheel them around, you know, like wheel it back to the library when you're done or wheel it back to the AV room. So um, they bought a few different educational pieces of software, like um, one that would generate the word search for you and one that was a crossword. So you would give it the words and give it the clues and then it would lay out the regular piece of paper for you with with all the squares the way they needed to be and then all the clues that matched up. Hmm. So um, I would feed my, my mom, again, second grade teacher, I would feed all the spelling words or the vocabulary words for the week, depending into one of these programs and help her build them. And then she would go run off all the copies for the kids in her class. Wow. So it was, to me, it was super fun. I was a, a huge reader when I was, when I was a kid, um, I started school at like a sixth grade reading level. I was the Morrow County school district spelling champion for nine <laughs> years in a row. So I knew there was something I liked about you when I was in sixth grade, <laughs> I was asked to read out loud to the principal because I was reading at a ninth grade level. And they were very yeah. excited. That was very exciting. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So it was that. So I would do this stuff. And I think the bonus of it for my mom is that I was quiet and stationary <laughs> for a certain amount of time. Otherwise, you would have been destructive and loud. <laughs> well, I, I could. I did a lot of reading. But at this point, like I've read everything in my mom's classroom like twice. Um, and I'm well on my way through most of what they had in the library at school. So. Uh, so I would be doing other stuff and, you know, or asking my mom a ton of questions like, mom, I just read this book and I need to know all of these things. You know, um, I think my mom is sadder that there was not Internet when I was a kid than I am because her life like, where was would have Google been for so, crying out loud. Her life would have been so much more tranquil if she hadn't had me following her around, you know, well, going, simply, well, simply a Kindle where you could press on a word and get the definition. So you would know them all faster. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of stuff was was would be would have been like amazing for me as a kid because I took all of it in. It didn't matter what it was like. I went to my dad's to visit one time. I was in about third grade, I think. And um, 
I had read all the books that I had taken over there over over time. And I was kind of bored of them. And my dad left this Tom Clancy book on the coffee table. <laughs> so I read a Tom Clancy book. I was like nine. And exactly the right time to have read Tom Clancy because it's like the peak of the Cold War and like us and Russia and what's going to happen. And like spying actually meant something, you know. And <laughs> and so like it was a very exciting. So then, of course, my poor mom. You know, I was telling you how, how much quieter her life would have been. I, I came home and I started asking her like all these geopolitical <laughs> questions, you know, and remember that we live in a town that doesn't have a traffic light. OK, so you're asking about these high level geopolitical things. Yeah. Like, so I need to, you know, like, Mom, what exactly is the deal with Gorbachev and and da 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 da, you know, and. So That's my mom funny. was like, if I, you know, if I, if I get a subscription to Newsweek, will that help? I'm like, okay. You know, so like, yeah, I started okay, so reading Newsweek. In the show notes that we prepared ahead of time, just to kind of put a framework, you started with, I'm a nerd. So book nerd, computer nerd at this age. So at, yeah. at some point you, you grew up or got older. I got older. Perhaps not grew up. Now, what, what path did you get to? How did you end up in dealing with App Camp for Girls? Where did this come from? Um, so what happened was I, when I first moved to Portland, I was working in a coffee shop and I had a friend who worked at a tech support sweatshop for lack of a better word. <laughs> and he told me that they paid a, that this is what they paid to, to work at this other place. And he's like, you know about Max, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he said, you could make a lot more money if you worked with me at this other place. And I sat down and, and like did the math and it was literally twice as much money a month to stop slinging lattes and start answering phones. And but and in that case, something you actually a subject you actually enjoyed. Right. And and I didn't have to worry about it. like I liked coffee, but I didn't like that that I had to ride the bus at like literally four o'clock in the Ugh. morning to Ugh. be to be at the coffee shop early enough. And, you know, like one thing after another. And they're so, both customer service. So. Right. So it's not like I'm, you know, oh, I get away from dealing with people, you know, all I got away with from dealing with was people who hadn't had their coffee yet. Like, <laughs> so that was an upgrade. So. Yeah, so I've gone started, up to the to the barista and just stared, not knowing what my order is, because I haven't had coffee yet. So finally, Steve and I actually wrote our orders down on our cups because nice. that, that solved that problem. That's a good system. I know, and like, right? And, well, and Starbucks sells the ones now where you can like take the liner out of the inside and mark off all the stuff. It looks like a regular Starbucks yeah, cup. And you can go. just mark all the things and put it back in and just hand it to them. And they already they know what it, stole what that it idea is. idea from us. <laughs> I would not be surprised. Okay, so you move over to the sweatshop. Yeah, so I start answering, I start like answering calls for people. And then from there, I got another job doing tech support, but for the actual company, not an outsourced situation like like the sweatshop was. Okay. So um, I got hired by a company to do their technical support. And then they were local and they're Mac only. And they had a good relationship with a local Apple reseller here in town. And so um, that place used to have this event every year called uh, the Mac Blast. And they would clear out their parking lot and block it off and they would have a barbecue and they had a bunch of vendors that would come in. I and so go. One year, it was so fun. And remember that these were the days when there wasn't anybody like yeah, there, when you like, needed to find your tribe and they were they yeah. were hidden. Yeah, this is when uh, Mac user groups were still super important because that was the only place you could find other Mac nerds for the most part. Remember and the first time like, you saw a Mac in a coffee shop and you're like, oh, and you had to go talk to the person. 
I do. And I couldn't help myself. And, you know, I love your computer. You know, like, what can you tell me about it? What do you have? Somebody else. Yeah. It's not just me. Um, so I sat, I, I was picked by the company I was working for to go rep them at this event. Cause I'm like, yeah, I know the guys at MacForce. Of course I'll go. Um, cause I, I was already friends with all of them. That's where I went and hung out for OS release parties, which is a thing that has <laughs> since fallen by the wayside too. Well, no, no, um, no. Now we just do it online in chat rooms. <laughs> we'll live stream yeah, together. We- which is great, but it's not the same as being in line oh, with yeah. a bunch of your friends at midnight sure. and getting the disc and, you know, like, like all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, and, and there was always snacks and, you know, sometimes <laughs> it seems like snacks really feature into a lot of your topics. They, they do. Um, well, the snacks are important. Um, <laughs> so, but like they would have like, like, um, you know, chips and, and stuff and like soda, you know, and you could go like hang out and, and, and like get to mingle, you know, with, with the rest of your tribe. There weren't, there weren't as many opportunities to catch up with those folks the rest of the time. Cause we didn't have Twitter. We didn't have Facebook. We didn't have, you know, most of us barely had email at that point still. So it was a lot of fun to get to go hang out with other people who were your people. So, you know, not everybody could afford to go to Macworld every year in those days. So you kind of had to make do with like, I'm going to go to the barbecue or I'm going to go to the release party. Right, so right. they had this, they had summer blast every year. I still have some t-shirts from them because they were so much fun. And I sat next to Jean McDonald, who was from Smile Software. And she told me about Text Expander. And I said, that sounded great. I do tech support. I send the same stuff to people all the time. This sounds like a way to make that even better. She said, it totally is. <laughs> and so I gave her my card and I said, I'd like to have you give a demo or something. And so she sent me back. Um, she followed up with me and said, I'll just give you a license. Here you go. And gave me a license to text expander. And like that changed my life. She's almost like a as drug much dealer, a though. You know, she gets you suckered into stuff, right? She is. And so, <laughs> well, and that's where it all started. And that's what's so funny is that um, we kept in touch because we kept having booths next to each other at at, at the, the summer blast. And uh and we continued to we we like continued to talk and got to be good friends. And then uh, five years ago this year, like in, in 2012, um, in the spring, Gene uh, sent me a note and said, uh, uh, come. Why don't you come down to my neighborhood? I'd like to buy you lunch. I have an idea. I want to run by you. I'm like, OK. So I went down and we had tacos. And she said, Snacks. I have this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, she said, I, I have this idea that that uh, I, I kind of want to get working on. And I said, that's awesome. How can I help? She's like, I didn't tell you what it was yet. <laughs> and I said, I don't care. It's your idea. And I know you're awesome. So it's going to be an awesome idea. So you're talking to me about it for something. Obviously, it's good. I'm in. <laughs> and you need help. So what is it you need from me that I can give you? Because I'm there. Like, whatever it is, I'll do it. And she said, I when we were, she said, uh, I've been kind of kicking this around for a while. But when we were at WWDC last year, we were sitting in that room with everybody at WWDC and I realized I couldn't see another woman from where I was sitting. And I've been trying to figure out since how to solve this problem. And then last fall, she had the previous fall, she had volunteered with uh, rock and roll camp for girls, which is they take oh, a week. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's all like this one is there's rock and roll camp. There's rock and roll camp for girls. There's ladies rock camp we have here in Portland, which is the same thing, but for older this is ladies, like that music thing people are into. Yeah. So okay. you spend the week, you spend a week in a band and at the end you perform a song in a showcase for everybody at the end of the week. Okay. And so, um, and it doesn't matter like what your skill level is when you get there. So you don't have to be a person who plays guitar in order to sign up to go play guitar at rock camp. So she said, I feel like that's the right model. Um, 
We don't have to have them start from zero. They only get a week to develop an app. I'm trying to figure out how to do Wait, this for they? app developers. Kids. Yeah. Yeah. She, first so it was is... it was it was girls. Like okay. school age girls. Um right. and she said, I'm trying to fi- I've been trying to figure out how to do that. I want to make it happen. And and I said, That's awesome. Tell me, you know, what kind of help you need and I'll you know, we'll get it done. So um I've done all kinds of stuff for app camp since. Uh we we now actually have a camp. And uh, this year we're in four locations, one of which is Chicago, wow. which I'm really excited about because Chicago is like like a, a much bigger place than than Portland and Seattle. And, you know, like so th- um, it's also one of the furthest camps away that we've ever done. And so, you know, being able because there's sort of two things at work here. And the first is, can we do another camp in a new location? And then the second is, can we do a camp you know, um, what is it like to do that camp in that location? And, and, you know, how far, like how, however far away it is, like letting them run with it and stuff. So yeah, before we get into that too far, describe how this works. Like what's the, what's your elevator speech of what app camp for girls does? So we take girls who are going into grade eight or grade nine and they spend a week at camp. And by the end of the week, they have completed an app uh, there, there are small teams of them, groups of four, and each team completes an app. We give them a template of code, and then they have to fill in a significant portion of it. And at the end of the week, they have a functioning app. They take that functioning app, they build it to an iPod Touch, and they hand it over to a panel of investors, and then they give a presentation about their app, um, what it is, sort a, a little bit about how maybe how they came up with the idea, what sort of marketing it would get if they were taking it to the app store, um, how how would it be priced? How would you let people know about it? Um, what sort what sorts of ways would you make money using your application? And they have to pitch this to a panel. There's no winners or anything, but they okay. have to go through the entire process from I have an idea to um, I you know I'm I'm creating my idea in software and the software is broken because the template we give them has a bug. What so we talk to them about bug you testing. You preload it with a bug. You horrible people. (laughs) But it gives us the we do it to give an opportunity to talk about QA. You never know what's going to happen. And because it's a specific bug, it's not like it just randomly crashes for no good reason. If you it's I think it's like if you hit the back button in the middle, like while you're still taking the quiz and you're not done with the quiz yet and you hit back, it will crash. It will just quit running. Okay. or um, and it used to be like uh, or maybe it's if you turn it sideways like if okay. you turn it sideways, it'll crash until you go fix the thing that's like, it's okay to run the other way. Um, so it's a small thing and you don't find it until later. And and then so we, we get the chance to talk about QA and then we talk to them about uh, user design and you, you know, user interface, user experience and, you know, when it's good and when it's not. And sometimes it's hard to articulate why it isn't or is, but you can tell when it isn't or is. <laughs> Look at this app. Can you use it? Oh, good heavens. This is all like, I have no idea where to even start clicking. So do you start by showing them Snapchat? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good example of a, of a terrible UI. Um, a terrible UI with it, with an actual purpose to its terribleness that makes yeah. it great. Right. So I think, I think this summer we might start with Skype at this point. <laughs> you can so, always start with Skype because by the next time you true. do it, they'll have changed it again. It, it'll suck in a brand new way. Brand, um, all new sucking. Yeah. So so it seems like you toes. talk about a lot of different pieces of the development process, not just yes. here's how you learn C or 
Right. So uh, we're doing development in Swift now. We did we did Objective C and the mo- and doing the exact same application, which is a quiz, doing the same app in Swift versus Objective C. When we had to take people from zero to being able to create something in the in Xcode, uh, going from Objective C to Swift basically gave us an extra day of camp. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Now, let me back you up for a second. Do you or Gene know how to program in Objective-C or in Swift? Uh, Gene actually does. I sort of, uh, she knows both Objective-C and Swift. Okay. She went to, to Big Nerd Ranch and did the did the, the super training. Okay. Um, as, I, as preparation to do this whole project? I don't think it was she that. Already I think it, it. She already She did. just had an interest and okay. so went and did Big Nerd Ranch. Um I tried Objective C and absolutely could not get there. There was just never the moment when it clicked for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when Swift came out, I was pretty excited because I, I sort of felt like I could maybe take another crack at it. Yeah, yeah. And, and everybody's starting easier. from zero, so it doesn't feel like everybody else already knows this. To give you an idea, yeah. Bart Bouchatz, who is teaching the Programming by Stealth series on my show, or also on Chit Chat Across the Pond, he could never get Objective C. It just never clicked in his brain. And he's oh. he knows like, 12 languages, you know, yeah. and so if that makes you feel better, that it makes me feel so much better yeah. because I remember one of the moments that we had every camp was, and it was a different spot in every camp was the place where like they, they didn't get it. And part of the reason they didn't get it is because there's not really a good way to explain everything in Objective-C. And you have to have a lot of background in order to really understand what it is that you're doing so that you can take that and run with it as we teach you different concepts in programming and stuff. So a couple, we've, we've turned things inside out in the curriculum a couple of times. And the first was Objective-C to Swift. And then next was physical examples. So um, what a common programming exercise I know is how to make a sandwich. And what we do is we use how to make a cup of tea because there's a little toy kitchen in the space where we started App Camp. <laughs> and so so we started with, we, we started doing how to make a cup of tea with this little toy kitchen and uh, our director of curriculum, Gray, would stand up there and uh, write down all the steps on the easel. Here's what uh, it does this, uh, you know, what, what are the steps to making a cup of tea? And then let the girls tell us what they all are. And then Gray writes them down and then Gray executes on them. Does that look good? Are we ready to run your program? You know, well, what about, well, what about, you know, and they would, sometimes they would add stuff and it always ends with hilarious results because you forget, you know, nobody reminds us to, nobody says, uh, start pouring water, stop pouring water. <laughs> nobody says, uh, put the tea in the bag or, you know, put the tea in the cup. Nobody, you know, somebody skips a step of, you know, take the tea out of the envelope before you put it in the cup, you know, put the tea, put the tea bag in the Which cup. Is exactly you know, what happens wrapped in programming, in everything. right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That it, it's a very it's a fun way to illustrate and not frustrate people by just doing it in Xcode. I can picture when it does to, get screwed up in Xcode, you can say, did you remember to stop pouring the water? You know, yeah, and then it brings exactly. it back to the real life example. I'm going to think like, about that when I'm stuck. Be, and then and what's funny about it to me is that um, uh, I've worked with Gray on other projects. And one time um we were actually sitting together and gray was sort of like making like a, a thinking face. And I said, do you need a duck? You know, the rubber duck programming, (laughs) programming explanation, programming tactic, uh, you know, explain everything to a rubber duck and see if you can work through your problem. I haven't heard of that. (laughs) So there was, it's a story that comes from some guy that had like a rubber duck on his desk. 
and was trying to noodle through a problem. So he tried to explain it to the duck and telling the <laughs> duck what the deal was uh-huh. helped him helped him figure out what exactly what it was so that he could fix it. And I, I so, use Steve as my duck. Uh, yeah. I'll walk in and I'll say, okay, you're not going to understand anything I'm talking about, but okay, here's what I'm trying to do. And I'll just also go, yes. oh, thanks. And turn around and walk out. You say, what happened? I don't know what you're talking exactly. about. So I've done, like, I've done that to, to great. I've also done it to my husband. He does uh, financial accounting for a food processing company. So I will, um, so sometimes he'll be staring at Excel and making that face. And I will go, do you need a duck? Because I've told him this story. Like, there's a guy who explained it to the duck on his desk. The duck doesn't help, gives him no feedback, doesn't understand. <laughs> But it gives him the opportunity to really to try figure to say out, it out loud to work I have a turtle. it through. Can I can I explain it to my turtle? Yes. Okay. Exactly. All right. Totally good. Explain it to your turtle. Uh, so I have said that to my husband on more than one occasion. Do you need a duck? And then and he's like, yeah. So here, da 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 da. Oh, you know, like, and it's just the ma- the the for some reason you can't it. do it to yourself. No, it has to be to a duck. Yes. It is a weird thing, like, because you can think it around in your head 200 times. You can even say it out loud to yourself. And like yeah. you say, without the duck, there's something about it. OK, you do it to a gnome. She's holding yeah, up a gnome I have in a video gnome. here. Um, it depends on it. It depends on the day. Sometimes it's the gnome. Uh, sometimes it's my little R2-D2 full of flash drives. Yeah, the gnome um, looks like he might be a little mouthy. I don't know. Yeah. Might interrupt he's, he's, a lot, right? He's He's got some attitude. Yeah. The gnome does. So, yeah. so he's not always the best example. <laughs> so, um, so we, I, I wanted to ask a question about the girls. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to me that there's going to be at least one girl in every class where their mom or dad made them come and they don't want to be there. Am I right? You're half right. There's always more than one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So they're sitting and, there with this snotty little attitude. My mother made me do this. My father made me do this. They're they're like yep. hippies or something and think girls can program and I hate it. I want to go read uh, Us magazine. Well, they probably don't yeah. know about magazines, but whatever. Yeah. Um we do get people who uh we will get girls who come in and uh like uh, my mom is a Windows application developer, you know, or C sharp or, you know, something that's like really not what we're doing at all. That, um, is, is sometimes an older and really complex language. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, they're like, you know, I, I hate that part, but then, you know, regardless of what brings them in, um, there's always a moment <clears throat> and there's like four that are really common. And, but there's a moment for every girl in every camp at some point during the week where uh, like maybe it's when we first open Xcode and they've had there, maybe it's a girl has zero programming exposure and looks at Xcode and goes, Xcode is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. This is super, super. And then there's someone who go, who like turns it sideways or presses the back button or does the weird thing and breaks it and then goes, you know, and then we're like, this is when we talk about QA and they're like, (laughs) Breaking stuff is awesome. <laughs> I only want to like I want to find the nooks and the crannies and the bugs. And, you know, like I want to shake that stuff out. That's the most amazing thing. So is that and, that how you start pointing out to someone to to a girl that, OK, you don't have to be the one uh, doing the original code. You can be the one breaking the code. That's another career yes. path that is also part of app development. Yeah. And the thing that I always tell people is we're not looking to churn out c- a stack of computer scientists at the end of every week. Um, we're exposing them to something that they may not have had the opportunity to be exposed to or to even consider in some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, like QA, not everybody knows that there's a whole job that is just breaking stuff. And I want maybe, that job. I love breaking yeah, stuff. Yeah. like And it's, people, a, it's a talent. Not everybody can do it. 
that's the other thing is some people are just people who have that knack and not not everyone does. And not everyone who has it is somebody who maybe even knew that QA was a thing until, you yeah. know, much, much later in life. So like showing them that, you know, there's a whole career to be made out of breaking stuff and showing someone there's a whole career in uh, artwork, you know, like there's a moment because we uh, what we've been doing is using scanners scan snap scanners and they each get a sketchbook at the beginning of the week and they can draw like with colored pencils and sharpies and whatever draw stuff and then run it through the scanner and then it's scanned and it's a file on the desktop and they drag it into an xcode storyboard and bam their art is now showing up as part of the app and Mm. then they build to the ipod and so now their picture is the background of that question or the next one or you know the results all need to have you know some sort of fancy thing when you get to the end of the quiz here's what kind of thing you are you know or whatever so and, I, I don't have a right brain so i mm-hmm. don't have any uh musical or artistic talent w- what's the purpose of, of drawing pictures what's that uh, for it's so that when you're looking at the app um it's, it's not yours? just text on a screen well first of all it's yours second of all it's not just text on a screen with some buttons at the bottom, you can put something cool behind it. Like one quiz that I remember we did was, uh, that one of the teams did was when are you from? Oh, like interesting. what era you were supposed to be like, you should have been in, or you should have been part of. Okay. And so, um, you know, one of them was like, what's your favorite, like, what's your favorite kind of outfit? And so they had little pictures of the outfits and then they corresponded to the buttons so that you could be like, you know, like I like lots of ruffles and lacy stuff. Like, they so had a picture Victorian or something. Okay. Yeah. So they had some stuff like that. And um, like the quizzes where people have animals and stuff, they like to draw the animal and use it as the background so that it's not okay. just text buttons, next text buttons, text buttons. And then at the end, just text with no buttons. Did the, the audience has heard the story, but just in case you it, it don't completely understand where I'm coming from, when Steve and I first got married, we had a house with a, a huge wall behind our couch. And after like a year of looking at a blank wall, we decided we should probably put some pictures up. So we went out and we bought these three <laughs> pictures and uh, and then we drew a scale diagram of how we would, you know, put them on the wall as one does, yeah. of course. And we decided to put uh, the one on the right lower than the one on the left and the one in the middle of the highest. So it was asymmetrical. And we studied that drawing for, you know, a couple of weeks and then we hung them. And a week later, Steve said, I'm sorry, Allison, I can't stand it. And I said, oh, thank goodness, neither can I. And we made them symmetrical. So this is what happens when two engineers marry. So yes. I, would, I would be perfectly happy with text button, text button. Yeah. So They could be a what, color. That's about, yeah. I'd be okay. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. What shade of blue? Uh, so now I think I have to ask the duck about that. So, <laughs> so it's funny to, to sort of watch that somebody lights up and go, you know, as they make you, you can almost watch like the new neural pathways burning into their brains as they realize that somebody in some fashion, whether it was drawing it in a sketchbook or drawing it on a computer screen or a Wacom tablet or whatever, um, somebody created all of the, the graphical stuff that you see in a program, whether it's, um, you know, a game like Angry Birds that's supposed to be super graphics or, uh, something like Snapchat, where there are some user interface elements or something like, you know, Instagram and what makes it obvious in Instagram, the stuff that you're supposed to be doing in order to do the thing you want to do. Like, what do you what button do you push? Do you use those ex- as examples to, to to talk to them about that as another career path or? We do. Uh, okay. Krista Morgan comes in from uh, Krista Morgan, who she founded Civil. 
uh, civil comments. She's super great. She started with she started coming to App Camp and talking about user design very early on, and helped explain um, the great stuff about UI and you know, like I said about design, like stuff that you know, you you know when an app is easy to use or not easy to use, and maybe you don't know why that is, but you always know it's hard to make this app do what I want it to do, or it's not hard to make this app do what I want it to do. And, and thinking about those things and how to set, how to make those things happen. And they also get to design an icon for their app. So we talk about icon design also at the same time a little bit. And there's, there's people who, uh, we have girls, you know, who, who start making that connection. Like somebody drew every icon for everything on my phone. (laughs) What, like, that's a whole job, just yeah. creating the graphics that go with stuff because, you know, and then, you know, zoom that out. Like you have to have the the right screenshots to submit to the app store. If you're going to have a website, you know, and you probably are going to have a website for your app or for your software company, um, you need to be make sure that that's really usable and that that looks nice. And so like if you are a user design person, you don't have to limit yourself to an iPhone. Just like if you're breaking stuff, you don't have to limit yourself to Swift or iOS and and so you're, ju- you're just opening the crack for them into these worlds that exist. Yeah, because by trade, you know, I'm not a developer. I've I've never a, like in any in any sort of reasonable capacity. I've never been a developer. Um, you know, I took an existing basic game and changed some of the words in order to make an adventure sound more like it was where I was. But that's it. So. Like aside from that, I I have done so many other things and I've but I've still been in software for lots and lots of years by doing all this other stuff. So, you know, I write about software and I podcast about software and I I talk to other people about software and and uh you know and and like making those things happen, you know, is still like an important piece of software. Right. Like if I right, have an right, app, right. you know, if I have an app that will help you get the dog walked every time the dog needs walked because it's hard for you to remember to take him outside or something that's a really useful app to you. And I need to be able to tell you about that, you know? And so like, so then that's why at the end we have them present. So they have to talk a little bit about their app in a coherent way to a pan, like I said, to a panel of investors, we find entre- uh, female entrepreneurs who come in and we usually get three or four of them and they sit at a table and they each get to take the quiz. And then they stand up with again, a template that they are allowed to customize however they desire of slides. And it's like eight slides. And the first slide is just, uh, the names of the girls on the team. And then the end slide is special. Thanks. And that's the one that that's the one that's always the funnest one for me to see is the special is like the thank you slide. Um, because every year there's at least one team that calls out goldfish crackers as like a special thank you, because that's one of the snacks. <laughs> We're back to the so, snacks, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, see? Well, because I have learned how important snacks are in the world. Like I'm not the only person who's like, I get goldfish. Like, that's I a good afternoon. My son, his his uh, best friend's mom was going to make him go to cotillion, you know, to learn how to pull a chair out for a lady and which fork to use. Oh, and Kyle was and he wanted Kyle to go with him. And he, Kyle's like, no, and I'll never forget Angus looking going, yeah, but there's snacks. And they're like, <laughs> OK. And they went. <laughs> that's all it took. Yeah. Snacks to go to wow. cotillion as like a 12 year old. Who well, knew? Yeah. I guess I could see junior high kids being super I way more I'm bribing snacks. with them now. I bet that works. Might be beer, yeah. you know. You know oh, yeah, know. now it would be beer. Yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure. So, how important is it that it is just girls that they're that they're seeing girl teachers, girl uh panelists, girl investors? How important is that? 
Uh, well, to us, it's super important for a couple of reasons. The first of which is that um, a lot of times what happens, and we, we hear this informally as the girls talk about like other camps they've been to or other events that they've attended, um, about usually uh, just about the time that we that we get them, you know, going into eighth grade, going into ninth grade, about the time we get them is when high school boys go like full high school boy and they all start <laughs> jockeying to be alpha male. And mm-hmm. so they're all sort of compete. They all know that they are all competing with each other. Like they, they may not be very good at expressing that, but like the, the lizard brain is causing all of them to feel like they have to jockey for position. And when you are a girl in that position, because this is exactly what happened to me my freshman year of school, I sat in the computer class and I listened to all of them sort of competing with each other. And I was never going to be able to make myself part of that conversation. And as hard as I tried, it never, ever got me anywhere. So I learned, like, this environment is stupid. I'm never going to get a chance. You know, I'm going to have to do. But for me, it was I'm going to have to do computer stuff on my own time because I had that opportunity because my mom was still a grade school teacher. I could still go to the computer lab at the grade school, even though I was a high school kid. I would still go to the grade school like every day after school, help my mom in her room. You know, we'd put up bulletin boards or, um, you know, she'd be grading papers. So I'd clean the chalkboard for her, stuff like that. And so. I always still had access to stuff like I didn't need the computer class because that but, wasn't. But that's because you only had a way to go around it. that problem of being with all the teenage right. boys. Exactly. One of the reasons I wanted to ask about this is um, Harvey Mudd's new president, uh, Maria Clawe, mm-hmm. looked at the computer science graduation rate and uh, for women. And it was 16 percent uh, nationally it's 16 percent. And uh-huh. in 2007, Harvey Mudd was, let's see, I'm looking at a graph here, about 5%. So she okay. did a couple of things. She did a lot of different things. But one of the things she found was that these computer science classes, a lot of the boys already had computer science when they walked in the door and the girls didn't. So they started at a disadvantage and she watched their behavior and saw a lot of this competition stuff. So she separated the girls into a separate class yep. and they passed 50%. They hit 55% in 2016 graduating uh, w- women. Mm-hmm. And, but the thing that bothered me, and I, I need to reread to see if anything's changed since I first heard about this, that after she did that, then they went back to having them mixed together. And I was mm-hmm. kind of like, well, wait a minute, you figured out a way to make this work. And it wasn't like, maybe I'm misremembering, but what I remembered was it wasn't that, okay, after your freshman year, then you go in with boys. Because let's face it, you're going to have to compete with boys in the real world. So it might be unrealistic to keep you separated. It was that they stopped having the undergraduate the first years be separated. And it seemed to me like Mm. that seemed like such a great idea to separate them. So the women are competing, the girls are competing with the girls. Right. And also so that so that w- by the time it is it is both groups of people like it's a little bit more equal footing um yeah. you know and and maybe at that point i don't know maybe socially like the, the guys aren't quite as competitive with each other so there's more of an opportunity for the girls to become part of the competition i don't know have you I been in know. real business with adult but, men <laughs> yeah i don't know um, i don't think no i don't think it wears off <laughs> it might be no, less I, obvious I Oh, the stories. We all have them. <laughs> that's um, a whole nother podcast. <laughs> that's a very different show. Uh, the person I would ask about that, to be honest, is uh, Liz Marley. She works at Omni Group and she's a, an original volunteer at App Camp. Um, she is absolutely a person that you want to talk to about that. She graduated hmm. from Harvey Mudd. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah you're going to hook me up with her. So I will abs- I would be glad to make the introduction. She and, and she has a really interesting outlook for 
many, many, you know, like her outlook is colored by a lot of thing, different things than mine is. So it's always really interesting when her and I sit down and have a conversation. She's a lot of fun. She's a friend of mine. Um, cool. The thing that um, the thing that we have noticed in doing this, aside from from the shouting down and um, is is still that sort of society isn't into like, you know, girls who can wield X code. Hmm. You know, it's still not it's still not common. It's still not not as big a thing as it should be or could be in a lot of places. For example, if I was in high school now at my high school, there is a very good chance that when I walked into the computer class in 2017, I would get exactly the same reaction I got in <laughs> when the teacher said, are you sure you're in the right class? Really? Oh, yeah. That's still there. Oh, yeah. I, I would not be surprised in the least to find out that that's still actually happening. And in fact, um, I think it happened. We're making progress and then you find out we're not making any progress. Yeah. Well, you know, I can tell you stories about how when I answered the phone in tech support in years that started with two, when you hear me answer the phone, people would ask to get transferred to tech support. Oh, or wow. can I talk to a real can I talk <laughs> to a real technician? I got to tell you. Having a high-pitched voice and short, you've got so many things to overcome here. It might not be the girl thing. When I used to answer the phone in high school, people would say, hello, Mr. Moorhead, is your wife at home? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, people, my Low brother voice had a advantage. higher, my brother had a higher voice than me for years. <laughs> and, uh, and so like I would answer the phone a lot, like when we were in school, like I would answer the phone and people would go, hey, and you know, and I'm like, who are you? <laughs> I'm like, Cable, I'm... Cable, let me get my brother. You know, like, <laughs> Derek, try again. You know, you'd think listening to him yammer all day, you'd know this is not what my brother sounds like. So, so like, I, sometimes I can get away with it because my name is is not gender specific. Yeah, yeah. My brother's so, name is Kelly. Of course, they yeah, thought he so, was a girl, so. <laughs> well, and sometimes I feel like sometimes in email I can kind of get away with it because it's not, you can't, it, it can go either way. And if it's just a dry message, it's not. It, it's easy to it's not as easy to tell like yeah who that came from sometimes so one, one um thing i do like in in this context of this conversation specifically is that gene didn't do what i do which is sit around a bitch about this problem she said and, let me start trying to fix it let me take some positive action and you joined in and you guys are actually you know maybe how many girls are in a class and it can't uh, Usually uh, six. Well, we're, we used to do 12 and this year we're expanding most of the classes. I think we're going to go up to about 20. OK, so 20 and doing four in a year, you're, you're only influencing 80 girls, but you're influencing 80 girls. You're actually yeah. changing their lives. And I'm sure that they're adver walking advertisements for how cool it is. And, you know, I, I would guess a large percentage of them will go into this field and find something interesting, maybe it, it, probably half, I would think. And then that's my hope. They're influencing other girls, I would think. Um, yeah. So, so that kind of turns it to what can people do to help app camp for girls to continue to succeed and do more of this? Well, the first thing I want to say is that we do have a couple of examples of, um, girls who took app camp into their hearts and ran with it. Um, one of the girls who, uh, who was one of our original campers, we called it alpha camp. We had four girls who came in for an afternoon Oh. Uh, just to sort of see if this was a like a viable thing. It was sort of our um, uh, I don't minimum viable product. It was hmm. it was that sort of like it was sort of like a focus group almost. And we we brought them in and figured out like and we figured out some really big things very quickly in that <laughs> afternoon. Uh, like like from the very start, it was 
we can't go from absolute zero to an app. We have to be able to give them some sort of framework to hang their work on, but make it something that's going to be flexible enough that it can can be very different from team to team. And you still have a ton of input in how what you're doing will turn out. Mm -hmm. And that's where we discovered the quiz. Um, Any kind of quiz you want to have, the only real framework we give you is there are um, five questions and each question has four possible responses. And then at the end, you have to get there. There are four different sets of results. And so every year we always have a team. Now that we've switched to Swift and people have more time to really play with it, we get someone every year who says, well, what do we do if there's a tie? <laughs> and then we get to talk about like how the grading works. And, you know, you here are the, some of the ways that you can handle that. And a tie uh, in one the of quiz. Our, yeah, in the quiz. Like yeah. you've answered, you know, to get this outcome, you answered two questions that way. And to get this other outcome, you answered two questions that way. And then there's one question that, that went to something else entirely. But if I have two and two, how do how is my app supposed to tell me which one is right? So um, one of the girls who was one of our original campers and came to the first official year of camp uh, went on. She's now... Um, uh, she's now an upperclassman in high school, and this summer she is putting on cybersecurity camp. She got oh. an internship at a place last year, no and way. she got an internship last summer. And she added me on LinkedIn, and I'm not gonna lie, I teared up oh, because I, I was bet. like, "This is what we're supposed to be doing. This you is the point." And I, wow. I was so excited. And she's doing cybersecurity camp this year, and I'm like, security is. So like, I know enough about security to know that I, I am not a person who knows about security mm-hmm. and, and I know enough to know that I'm not going to delve there. I feel like most, uh, like most of the, the deep security stuff is the old, the old maps, you know, there be dragons. <laughs> that's, that's how it feels to me. Cause it's so much more higher level and advanced. And like, I always call it big brain stuff. It's really crazy, big brain stuff to, to be thinking about that stuff on that level and learn those things. And I know this because I've known security people and it doesn't take long before the conversation we're having starts just flying over my head. <laughs> and, you, you know, I get a chair and it still doesn't help. It's still flying. Way over <laughs> my head. So, well, yeah, that triggered another thought. Um, yeah. it, security is something that that's great to talk about building into a program, but that's probably a little too advanced for, for this stage. Do you guys yeah. talk about accessibility at all? We do. Um, we talk about it. We we do talk about it some, and we do point out um, different things. Like, and and sometimes it comes up organically. Like, someone will say, uh, "My family member is colorblind, so I'm not. I would like it if we didn't use any of this particular color in our icon, cool. so that my my mom can see it, my brother can see it. I want them to be able to take the quiz I mean, and not nice have it. Nice if be it comes up weird. organically. Yeah. And, you know, and then we also have like we do talk a little bit about things like voiceover and and stuff like that. Oh, good. Um, OK. So we do talk we do talk about that stuff and talk about how um, how because it's part it, it comes up as usually it comes up as part of the, the UI stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because we talk about like, well, what do you you know, well, what happens if you can't see or you can't see as well? Or, um, you know, you have you have an issue that prevents you from using this the way, you know, the the standard way, you know, the, so the good. this is coming up yeah. as part of the development, not part of the um, the the QA side of it, for example. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like building yeah. it in. That's what I was hoping your answer would be, because I'm, <laughs> I'm a huge believer in 
threading accessibility and security into the front end of the development process because it's way easier to build this stuff in up front than it is to go, oh, oh now sure. I'm going to slap over top of this, the this this annoying other stuff I have to do. Yeah. And I feel like you can tell the difference in mm-hmm. that, you know, um, like and and I'm not trying to say that to be like like snide about it or anything. It really sometimes um, feels like because I've talked I talked to a lot of people about accessibility in a lot of different contexts. And one of the things I have noticed is that, you know, it's almost more offensive if you do a bad job of accessibility <laughs> than if you just forsake it altogether. Well, like a, because a funny thing about apps- at least that way, I know you don't care, you know, yeah. and and I know you're not trying to just put it out like, well, I checked the box. Lip like, service. No. Yeah, no, yeah. no, you didn't. And now I'm mad because you went out, you had to go out of your way to do this and you did such a terrible job. The thing I've noticed, though, is in a lot of cases, um, the the way specifically iOS development works is you can accidentally do a partial job of it. So I'll go into an app to see whether the buttons are labeled and, you know, my my skills are not that that advanced, but I can I can basically tell someone this is inaccessible. I can't tell them if it is accessible, but I I can get to the point where I go, well, oddly, the back button says back button, but the forward button says button button or something, you know, it'll say (laughs) stupid things or, you know, text. Well, yeah. that was helpful. You know, how about a little more detail on that? So yeah. I think those might look like someone did lip service when they actually did nothing at all. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah. And, and, but, but neither one is so a good easy. color for you. Yeah. 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 And, <laughs> neither one is a good color for you. Can I use that? I like that. Yes, please do. Uh, the thing, well, and the thing is that fundamentally an iOS device in particular uh, is a very accessible device. And I've talked to more than one person who requires accessibility in some way, not, not a person who is advocating for it, but if it wasn't there could still operate everything the way they want to, but people who need it, people who are uh, impaired in some way. And, and they have talked about how fundamentally, like I never thought, you know, I never thought I was going to be a person who could have a technology conversation because I never thought I was going to have technology the way everybody else does. And now I do, I can, Mm. I can buy apps, I can install them, I can run them, I can interact with them exactly like, you know, I can all by myself. Yes. I can interact with them and, you know, and get the information out or, or, uh, put the information in or whatever it is. Like I can do, I go about it a slightly different way, but I can do all the same things with that app that you can. Yeah, you one, know. Of, one of the biggest things I've probably learned from the accessibility community is it turns out these people want to do everything we want to do. And, yeah. and I know that sounds really obvious, but one of those things is take pictures. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, why would I need to put accessibility into a camera app? Well, guess what? When Apple did it, all of a sudden blind people could take photos. And I've also yeah. learned from them just how many different kinds of accessibility. Like I never considered colorblindness. I had somebody write to me who said, you know what, your your theme is so bright on the iPhone, it it actually hurts me. And I said, well, there's a slider. I could make a little gray. Would that help? And the guy said, oh, man, that'd be awesome. And I went, click. I mean, how hard yeah. is that? You know, but but I didn't know that was a thing but if that you don't too know, bright hurt somebody. Yeah. yeah, if you don't know, it's a very different thing. And and I think that that's part of it. And and you know, and that's part of why why we talk about it is, you know, sometimes and a couple of times, like I said, it's come up. My family member is colorblind, so I want to make an icon that's only that that's mostly this color or doesn't include this color because I want my person at my you know I want my brother, I want my dad, I want them to be able to see it and and be able to to take the quiz with me. And 
one of the things that I really like about that is that that's caring about somebody else. And mm. that's a thing that always that I feel like there's not as much of that as there should be, because <laughs> in you, there could always be more kindness like it never it. No one ever went. Gosh, you know. People There's too just too sweet. much kindness in the world. I just, if another person is nice to me, I just don't know what oh. I'm going to do. Now you're making me so, tear up. Well, so I, I love that. And, and the moment when, uh, the moment when a girl who has gone to one of these camps, cause I tear up like every time we have camp, there's a, there's a moment that I have where somebody, um, and one of them, I'll tell you, one of them was a girl who came to camp who was legally blind. Oh, nice. And she came to camp anyway. Her aunt works for Microsoft or something. And so she was like wow. interested in programming. And she said, I want to be a programmer because I want to make stuff for people like me. And mm. she was amazing. She was so much fun. She was so sweet. And, you know, and like I brought a monitor from home and, and hauled it in so that she could because she needed to be right up on the screen sure, sure. Yeah. in order to get to see. And she said, I, it's easier for me to work this way. So we brought a screen, brought a monitor and plugged it into the laptop. We, all of the stuff at AppCamp is done on laptops. And that way she could lean right into the screen and look at it as the other girls were doing things. Uh-huh. And and she was able to draw. You know, she had to lean right up against the page. But she drew artwork and contributed to the app. And she was so fun. And she had such a good time. And she looked at everything so differently. Like, it was so great to see that it wasn't a thing for the other mm-hmm. people on her team. Yeah. They all just, they all would just, they would ask her like they were asking each other and she was just another person on the team and they didn't With treat her like there was though, anything was about it at they all. they didn't know, right? Right. Well, cool. the answers she would give would be different than everyone else's, but they, but it wasn't like, oh, that's weird or Let's anything like that. You know? <laughs> yeah, there was never any of that. And she was so, and, and she was just such a, a, a kind person. And she came out one day, um, we, we are huge, also huge advocates of off screen time. Oh, and so that's every called afternoon, snack time, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. This is like an hour every day. So like the wow. first day we have a hula hoop instructor who comes in with a truckload of hula hoops and everybody <laughs> goes outside and hula. maybe you put it on your arm and go in a circle. And maybe if you're a person who's talented enough to put it around your waist, which I'm absolutely not. Um, I, I'm one of the I, arm people out there. I would there pay like, to see hey. that, but. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, in the in the the space where we've been having app camp, they also have this little labyrinth that's been laid into the ground. And one day, uh, she came outside, and she because she just wanted to go outside, so she went outside. And I asked her if she wanted anything, and she said, "Well, I saw the labyrinth, and I kind of want to walk that." So her and I, and she said, "Would you walk it with me so I can I can walk it?" And I said, "Of course I would." So we walked the labyrinth together. She just had her hand on my elbow, and we were talking, and she was telling me about stuff at camp and how she was going to take what we were teaching her and. And go on and be able to do stuff like when I'm out of school, I'm going to be able to, you know, you guys showed me that this is a great, you know, you guys showed me a lot of stuff that I didn't know about programming. And I really want to be able to take this stuff and make more apps for people like me. And I just remember coming back inside and being like, (laughs) I just, oh, I can't even like we like we gave her tools to help her find to help her confirm that she was on a path that she could continue to pursue. I feel like we validated all the stuff that she wanted to be doing. And it was so exciting. And you got to love her her parents for Yes. Know, encouraging this, but also her mom works for Microsoft and let her go to App Camp for Girls on well, iOS. It was, it's her aunt. Her so, aunt? 
Yeah, so it was okay, I think, because there wasn't a Windows camp for girls. Oh, I was going to say it was uh, forward thinking, you know? <laughs> yeah, if only we knew. Um, you know, like, there's a moment, I think, every time when one of the girls realizes, if especially, like I said, if they've been to other, like, tech camp and event kind of stuff, there, there's the moment where they realize that they're being heard. Hmm. Uh, you know, it's not just everybody being quiet and giving you your turn and we're all going to go do all our stuff without you yeah. um, because your opinion is invalid or because we're all we all have this whole other set of politics that we're all operating under. And aren't you cute? And like and that doesn't happen. And there's the moment when someone, you know, sort of stands up for themselves and says, I think uh, the question should be this or we should do a quiz about that or uh, the icon should be upside down or, you know, whatever. And then they go. Yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do that. You know, and the person is like, but you, I'm what? Like, like, it's like <laughs> now with never less put downs, a, fewer. Yeah, it's like they've <laughs> never had a validate, like a, an idea validated before. And so watching that happen is super great. And, and every one of them talks about how, like, um, in some respect, particularly again, if they've been to some other event where this was not the case. Um, how they felt like they were an actual contributor. They had a stake. It was important what they thought mm. or what opinion they held about something. And most of the time, if it's like a three to one vote on something, you know, and the person gets, gets, you know, their idea sort of gets voted down. It's okay. Because the next time, like the thing that they said they wanted to do, like it was three to one the other way, you know? And so like, it, it doesn't happen to the same person over and over and over again, because they're all contributing in such different, interesting ways. And it's so nice to see to see the collaboration and to see all of them sort of realize and like you know by Tuesday afternoon because most of them also don't know each other like they're all coming in completely cold and don't all know each other they didn't all, all go to right. the same school or something so by Tuesday afternoon like people are friendly and you know they sort of know each other because they've been on their teams for a couple of days now and they are um these are you know, teenagers and, yeah and you using and the word friendly yeah because they're super into like what they're doing. And like the funniest thing, I think the first camp, one of the things that was great to me that we learned was um, leave the hula hoops out <laughs> because <laughs> when it is snack time, like every single girl, um, almost every single girl, almost every single day, even now at camp five years later, uh, Tries uh, to when bring it's the snack time, like 15 minutes. No, not no. Like make them available for oh, everybody. You're saying it is free. good to have them out. Oh yeah. Keep them out. Because, um, you know, we were like loading them back in the equipment room and stuff, you know, and then they were like, oh, I was going to go hula hoop outside, you know, on snack time because we take breaks during the day and stuff. Like yeah. I said, off screen is really important. So every well, afternoon it's like I'm going to grab a hula hoop and let's go outside, you know, and like half of them take hula hoops. I and wonder go if stand that's in the as important as the duck, you know, I think it is. I mean, to be able to go shake your brain up. I mean, I go walk the dog, but man, she's getting yeah. tired. I walk her so much because of that. It's like yeah. I'm too I'm too mired in it. I can't I just can't even even though I need to get something done, I gotta go for a walk to shake it loose. But the hula hoop could work as well. I have room yeah. right here. I could do a hula hoop right here. Do it. It's <laughs> it, it's super great. And it and it's one of those things that like you get different perspective. You know, put it on an arm or put it on your leg and circle it around with your leg or around your neck. Now is there uh, an Apple Watch workout for that? That I don't know. We'll have to um, check into that. Yeah. You know, normally when I, I, I get off from chit chat, Steve says, what did you learn? And, I'll, and I'm going to come out and go, I need a dock and a hula hoop. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what did she teach you? Just wait. Yeah. I'm, I'll wait to get a text from Steve later. What on earth just happened? <laughs> I actually do have a little rubber ducky. I could get that if the turtle gives me yeah. mouth. 
Well, this is this has been fascinating. I, I think we could probably talk for another three hours, but I promise not to take more than an hour of your time. And I already did. Um, so <laughs> is there something we can do to help App Camp for Girls be more successful? There are lots of things, and it depends on uh, what your tool set is. So if you take a good look at what you've got on your bat utility belt, um, one of those things is money. We always need money. Um, we use money to fund classes. We use money to fund scholarships for girls who can't, who may not be able to afford to attend for one reason or another. Uh, we want to make sure that that's not the thing that keeps anybody out if they went in. Um, we need equipment because like I said, at MacBook pros, it's 15 inch MacBook pros with Xcode on them for everybody. Um, that's what we use. That's what like all the developers we know use, you know, except for the ones that are on a 13 inch MacBook pro, <laughs> they're using a 15 inch MacBook pro. So uh, you know, we're looking at um, how we can integrate uh, iPads now with Swift Playgrounds and how that stuff is going to be able to impact what we're doing with programming. So um, we always need money for equipment. And one of the ways that you can support one of the other ways you can support us is that we now have a merch store and you can buy things with <gasps> AppCamp on it on it oh, uh, at our all the site. Cool girls have those. Yes. Um, and what's funny is over the years, because we have like a staff shirt for the volunteers who are at, at at camp every year. Um, I have like a little section of my t-shirt drawer now that's just like app camp shirts <laughs> through the ages. So I usually will just ask like, which one, you know, do you want so red you or green or black or purple? Is that obvious at appcampforgirls.com or something? It is obvious at appcampforgirls.com. It's at the bottom of the page. I believe it just says uh, merchandise. Let me verify and that. And the four though. is the number four, right? Yeah, the number four. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't typed it in so long because yeah. I just type. Don't have app. to. Yeah. All I do is type app and it fills in for me if I'm typing it at all. Um, so one of the ways that you can do it, it, that you can help us out is to donate money. And another way that you can that you can help us out is sort of advertise for us with. Uh, like have you on the, the podcast? That too. <laughs> but I meant with swag, like buy a T-shirt. Oh, OK. Us at, yeah, buy a T-shirt from us that says app camp on it. You know, things like that. Um, I don't see it on our page. There Looking we go. For... It says merchandise ah, on the bottom of the page. And so, um, oh, it's we Cafe have phone... Press. Okay. Yeah, we have phone cases and mugs. Uh, we don't have a T-shirt up yet. I'm, wor- I'm actually working on that. I spoke too soon. <laughs> I want a T-shirt. Um, I'm sorry. The front page has the, yeah, the front page has uh, everything we have. But we do have, we have some mugs. We have a travel mug and we have some uh, bigger mugs. And um, water bottle. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, if if you hit me up and you want to make more than a twenty dollar donation to App Camp for Girls, I'm going to say, you know what, I'm going to say forty dollars. If you will donate forty dollars to App Camp, um, find me on Twitter or uh, if you know or through Allison, if you want to contact the show and I'll have Allison pass it on to me. Um, if you will donate a minimum of forty dollars, I will mail you. We have a few Kickstarter T-shirts so I think they say 2015 on them or 2016 on them. I don't remember. But we have a few left. And if you will donate $40, I will send you a shirt if I have, Ooh, your, now, if I I like have your size. But I do, I do have, a, I have a number of shirts in a number of sizes. I have a few left that I, that I have access to distribute. So if you will donate and send me a receipt, I will, I will send you a shirt. I like um, it. You, on Twitter, you are Verso, V-E-R-S-O, one of the easiest to remember and type addresses on all of Twitter. <laughs> That isn't also mistaken for somebody else. 
which is what happens when you sign up in 2007. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, Kelly, this has just been fantastic. Uh, I, I wish you guys all the luck. And uh, we're getting to see Jean in uh, whenever the eclipse is. We're coming to Portland. We're going to see the eclipse. Nice. So maybe we should uh, yes. meet up. We should. Um, I will tell you one more way that you can help. If you ah. have access to an event space or you are a person who is um, a female iOS developer or you know them or um, you want to be able to contribute in some way to building an app camp in your community, it's I, I won't I'm not going to lie. It takes a number of people and it takes a number of hours from every one of those people in order to pull it off. But if you have those kind of skills and you want to help us out, you absolutely can. If you just go to the website, um, we have a page that says volunteer and you can fill out the application for us and tell us exactly what it is that uh, you have to offer us. Not just like, I want to help, but like, I'm an event planner. I know how to make all this happen. Or I've coordinated every field trip every kid in my class ever took. I know everything there is to know about permission slips and registration and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there are people who know that stuff. Yeah, and you know, and that's a super awesome way to help, even if you're not a person who's an iOS developer for your day job. Like there are lots of people that we need and that we want in order to make this stuff happen. Like lots of people who help App Camp have never written a line of code, and they're still super important parts of the organization because they are people who update spreadsheets with who has signed all the permission slips or are able to answer questions for parents who are like, you know, my child has this food allergy. What, you know, who do I work with to make sure that my kid doesn't get sick while they're at camp or, you know, like there are people, people who know do that stuff. stuff. Okay. So just yeah, like in app development, too. there's a lot of skills and talents required around something like this. Yeah. We totally have like that other layer of people. That's all different kinds of people who are not necessarily development sorts of people. And so we need them and uh, we need people who are developers as well, but we also need, you know, people who are just straight up volunteers, people who will come give a presentation about development, people who are uh, entrepreneurs who would be willing to be on the panel on Friday and take the quizzes and listen to the girls pitch their apps. Uh, someone who's in charge of coordinating snacks. Again, food is important because we also we also feed them lunch. You know, they, they bring their lunch, but we have to make sure we have a morning snack break and an afternoon snack break, making sure somebody's on, on top of that. There's the whole stuff. hula hoop line of talent. There's, there's a, a whole lot of and, stuff. There's an entire hula hoop situation that, yeah, we, you know, it, these things That's are important. That's a staff so. on and of itself, uh, in and of itself, right? <laughs> it is. Uh, we need somebody who's in charge of the button machine because on Thursday afternoon we make buttons for everybody that's got their, their oh, app icon on them. So, oh, wow. There you go. Yeah, because you can't have camp without buttons. Duh. Like, why, would, why would you do that? Yeah. Don't be silly. All right. Well, Kelly, this has been fantastic. Uh, even more fun than I expected. I knew it would be fun, but this has been fantastic. <laughs> so people want to get in touch with you again. It's Verso on Twitter. That's the best way? Yes, absolutely. All right. Thanks for coming and good luck. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond. This show is not supported by ads. It's supported by you. If you learn from the show or even if you're just merely entertained by the shows, please consider supporting the show. If you go to podfeet.com, there's a big red button in the top banner that says support the show. If you click it, that will reveal to you several ways to contribute. You can pledge a monthly amount using Patreon. You can use the Amazon affiliate link for your country. You can make a one-time donation using PayPal. Or you can record a listener review, which is an awesome way to contribute. You can always chat directly with me via Twitter at podfeet or email me at allison at podfeet.com. You can join the conversation in Facebook by going to podfeet.com slash Facebook or on Google Plus at podfeet.com slash Google Plus. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.